And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing very well. It's it's very cold here in Australia, and I think it's like the opposite for you at the moment. It's hot as balls where I am right now. Even near the ocean, even where there's no humidity, <laughs> it's still stupid hot, and I'm sweaty, and no one owns an air conditioner out in BC, because they're like, oh, it's so mild out here, so I can't even turn on the air where I am. <laughs> But beyond that, I'm fine. That's good. That's good. We were just talking before we started. Uh, there will be no Luke Cage spoiler cast this week. Matt still has a couple episodes left, and I've been busy on the road, so I'm only two episodes in. But we both really enjoyed what we've seen. Very much. Very much. They've been doing really well this season. And and it's consi- I'm a little bit further than Joel, and yeah. it's consistently good. There's no... There's none of that real slump you get near the end. I was going to say there, I'm like, uh, man, so like episode two where I was done, they finally introduced, you know, the villain Bushmaster. I'm like, man, Bushmaster's great so far. I hope they don't kill him halfway through and replace him with a less interesting villain. (laughs) I don't think they're going to do that. I think they learned their lesson pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. Also, again, only two episodes in. Man, Theo Rossi, I always thought you were a good actor from Sons of Anarchy, but I thought you were a little understated in the first season of Luke Cage. Boy, do they give you a lot to do in this new season. Oh, he he just keeps getting more stuff to do throughout the season. That's good. And they brought back the rivals, and we're sure to mention that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely plumbing the depths of comic book lore on that one, which I'm always a fan of. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we do actually have some news this week. Not a ton of it, but I think some topics that would be pretty good for discussion. Uh, the first one here, uh, Sony, the company that's still making superhero movies. All this time later, you don't think they are, but they are. They have Venom coming out in the near future, but oh, oh, we have another Spider-Man project that we're working on. It's Silk, everybody. Yeah, everyone's favorite Spider-Man character. I, I actually Silk. I actually quite like Silk a bit. I actually thought her book was super underrated and kind of a hidden gem in its time. But much like Venom, Silk's working is entirely dependent on Spider-Man. Her whole deal is she was bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker, then was hidden in a bunker for like 20 years to explain why you didn't see her. Uh, they're not going to do that. Or do something else. No, of course not. I mean, they're barely doing Venom in Venom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They'll come up with something. But hey, you know what? If you're going to keep making Spider-Man-less Spider-Man movies, at least I can, you know, respect you for rolling the dice on something risky like Silk. Like, Venom is one of those ideas where it's like, you should have had a Venom movie years ago and you haven't, and the fact that you haven't done it means it's probably not worth doing. But with Silk, it's like, you get to toot your own horn and say that you did a female Asian superhero before anyone else. She has basically all the same powers of Spider-Man, so you're basically free to do a Spider-Man-less Spider-Man, and she fought a lot of Spider-Man villains, so you could even get away with that if you wanted. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, she's just basically female Spider-Man. But yeah, I, again, with like the villains, it kind of like, like, what's the deal with them? Like, in terms of like the ones they're setting up in the MCU and everything, and will will, will she get lesser known Spider-Man villains, like one-time villains? Yeah, I mean, I think for her longest arc, she fought uh, what was it, Phil Urich, the Goblin King. So she even has a goblin that's not a goblin. <laughs> She also had an on-again, off-again, like, frenemy relationship with Black Cat, the crime boss. So if they were still really, really wanted to work Black Cat and Silver Sable into something, they could put it into this. Oh, you know they're going to do that. Oh, of course. All, all roads lead back to Black Cat and Silver Sable, apparently. <laughs> we know we can make them work. We just don't know how. <laughs> But again, this is Sony, this is Spider-Man. It could just not happen. Or like Venom, it could just happen overnight because they needed something to show. Yeah, and and that thing will be just like awful because it would be rushed. And uh, yeah, just there just to sort of remind people that they still have the rights or to keep the rights to those characters. I think Sony continuing to make Spider-Man films is just like (laughs) a silly, sad idea. But I'm more interested in them doing outside the box stuff like Silk than I am do them doing obvious stuff like Venom. 
yeah, well, yeah, well, if they could build up a universe of like doing these these like lesser known Spider Man mm-hmm. family characters like Silk, that'd be really cool. But yeah, maybe stay away from like your Venoms, your your Green Goblins, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Hey, here's a pitch for you, Sony. Uh, you know the team, the Slingers. Imagine Spider Man if he was on a team of characters. That'd be pretty cool. And you could have Hornet and Ricochet and all of these other guys, and that could be your team. And they're basically like Power Rangers, but they are also Spider-Mans. Yeah. You know how they could also, like, just get around, like, not confusing people? Just, like, move the universe into, like, 2044. Have Miguel O'Hara become the Spider-Man. And all new characters. Mm Mm-hmm. What if Spider-Man was from a dystopian future and said things like, shock, instead of shit? That would would be fun. Again, (laughs) Spider-Man Beyond, you could beat Batman to it. Yeah, Spider-Man Noir. Mm. You could do that too. What if Spider-Man was more like Batman and had guns? Yeah. I mean, all sorts of stuff, but they won't. No, no, because that actually takes thought is the thing. That actually <laughs> an effort. An effort. And they're like, I don't know, explaining a new universe. Maybe maybe they will after Edge of Spider-Verse does big and they're like, oh, we've introduced the concept of multiversal Spider-Man and that, you know, they're not always yeah. Peter Parker and they're not always playing by the rules. Okay, now we will do Spider-Man Noir. Now we will do Spider-Punk. Yeah, yeah, they could definitely do that. Again, that's wishful thinking that they do something cool. Yeah, yeah. I wish they'd do something cool, but I don't know if they will. <laughs> hey, speaking of something cool, here's some news I was not expecting. Uh, Walmart is getting back into the major comic book business, but with a twist, they're going to start selling 100-page giants exclusively from DC for four ninety nine starting in July. That's, that's pretty cool. I know they did come out after and say, like, oh, like... It's, it's going to be a 100-page giant, but, like, only, like, 12 pages will be exclusive new story. But still, you get, like, some Superman stuff and some Harley Quinn stuff and some Batman by Bendis in there. And it's like, okay, so that's actually something fans are going to want to look at who, you know, probably get their comics from stores and not Walmart. And if you are a person, this is a fuck of a value. four ninety nine for 100 pages, reprint, uh, reprints of classic stories and, like, little mini 12 pages of new material. Those are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I imagine, yeah, they're going to be, like, they did something similar here. I'm trying to remember they where they, like, kind of reprinted, like, uh, all, like, the... The, the big comic stories for like Marvel and DC. So like Captain America's origin, mm. Wolverine's origin, Superman's origin. And then like had like at the end, like little stories. Yeah. Like new stories. I am, I am just so happy to see comic book publishers thinking outside the very archaic comic book store model. And before people jump up my ass, as they always do when I say this, I love comic book stores. I love I love comic book store retailers. Some of my favorite times have been in comic book <laughs> stores. But we will see the death of the comic book store model in our lifetime, just as we saw the death of Blockbuster. And between this news and the GameStop news, they're already trying to look outside the comic book store mold. Yeah, yeah. They go on a, yeah, like... Uh, uh, supermarkets, Walmart, all those places, mm-hmm. which bookstores. Is, which is really where they should always have been, but that's yeah. a whole conversation for another day. Here's here's the other thing about it. Uh, again, I mentioned the GameStop thing. Uh, that might actually have hit a snag because apparently the like a very similar venture capitalist firm to the one that bought, gutted, and destroyed Toys R Us, apparently they have their eyes on GameStop now. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and again, it's like, you know, with Toys R Us, it's like, oh, I had a lot of good memories there. With GameStop, it's like, oh, I had a lot of good memories there up to a point, and now I think they're tacky and shitty, but I also don't want to see them go away because I don't know what that would do to the industry. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, you know, GameStops now are kind of like comic book stores where it's like, yeah, some of the stuff they do is bad. There's, you know, a bit of a monopoly going on there, but if they go away, that could be really bad for the industry. And obviously, I wouldn't want to see people lose their jobs, especially right now when they're like, yeah, we're going to try a new thing with comics. I'm like, no, I want to see where that experiment goes. Don't buy, <laughs> gut, and destroy them yet. I, there's important data that can be gleaned from this. <laughs> but yeah, you know, more, more power for Walmart. Actually, they're supposed to be building a Walmart in my area for the first time. No, that's cool. Like a block from my house, actually, because, like, again, I live in a small northern town, 
and like the local businesses have all been trying super hard to stop the Walmart from opening because again if you know anything about Walmarts when they go to small towns they torpedo the main street all the mom and pop businesses have to close and then they all end up working at Walmart helping to feed the beast that killed it <laughs> yet hilariously we have another Canadian chain Giant Tiger I know I've said that before and gotten a great laugh that there's a story called Giant Tiger which is like a smaller version of a Walmart and uh, like they're they're like literally right near my house like they're like a 15 minute walk I wonder uh, how they'll react to that so I will I will keep everyone posted about the Walmart opening in my area and these hundred dollar comps I won't go to any other Walmart I will only wait for the Walmart near me to open before I tell you about it It'll, it'll spark the beginning of the, the, the great Superstore War. Oh, begun the Superstore Wars have. <laughs> I was a veteran of the Superstore Wars. Before that, it was the Cola Wars and the Console Wars. <laughs> oh, and never let us forget the Flame Wars. We lost many a good man in the Flame War. <laughs> oh, so much shit posting was done that day. <laughs> it shall live in infamy. But yeah, so that's that Walmart news, everyone. Kind of cool, actually, as I've said before. Anything that gets more comics in front of more eyes and more potential new readers is only going to be good for the rest of the industry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, my dream is a world where comics are ubiquitous as movies and music and everything else, and being able to buy them all in one place certainly helps. Yeah, it would make my my job much easier since the only real place I can buy comics at the moment is at comic book stores. Absolutely. And again, to you know, make it part of people's daily routines where it's like, all right, what do I need? I need milk, eggs, tube socks, and the new action comics. <laughs> gonna gonna put them all together and make an omelet. Mmm, <laughs> good. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of comics, though, you know, that's a lot of news of what's going good. Here's some stuff that's not going good. Uh, DC cancels Cyborg again. Yeah, this is like, what, the third time? Yes, they canceled it in the New 52, brought it back, canceled it, brought it back again. And this is extra funny, because they're like, oh yeah, issue 20 will be the last one. Then out of the blue, they're like, yeah, we're soliciting two more issues from Marvel Wolfman. It's like, Wolfman, like the original Titans guy, is going to be writing this? They're like, yeah, we're hoping that it'll up the numbers. And we won't have to cancel it. Uh, didn't work, they cancelled it, and Wolfman has not been shy about saying, yeah, they brought me on too late in the book's life cycle, and they didn't tell anyone that I was on it. Uh, I told people at, like, comic shows that I was writing it, they're like, oh, really? I would have bought it if I knew, and it didn't matter. Yeah, well, I remember I saw, like, the cover of one, and I saw, like, his name, and I'm like, wait, Marv Wolfman's writing this? Why isn't people talking about this? This That's pretty cool. No, DC doesn't care about Cyborg. And here's the truly funny thing. Wolfman is such a vet of the comic industry. He's like, yeah, I really like the work I was doing. I was going into more of like an Ultraman giant robot type of theme for Cyborg that was really good. I wish they had waited and rolled my series into whatever new reboot they're going to be doing next for the next, uh, uh, what is it, line of books, which basically betrays that DC's going to be doing a new line of books. <laughs> It's kind of obvious they are. It's obvious. Like it has to be. You know, we've done the work of the new Fifty Two in like two years. Call it creative refresh. Call it whatever you want. But when these books get near to Fifty Two and beyond, something's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, heck, we can already see it. Costumes are changing. You know, we had the solicitations for this month. There's all those rumors about like Grant Morrison and David Walker and Azarello taking over big books. Yeah. Yeah. But still, man, it's just it's just hell being cyborg, huh? <laughs> His book is canceled again. Will he get to join any of the Teen Titans teams? No. <laughs> it's just no. He is a Justice Leaguer. He has always been a Justice Leaguer, and he will die a Justice Leaguer, even if we have to cancel his book five more times. <laughs> cyborg, I'm sorry. Like I, I like cyborg in things. A solo cyborg series is a very hard sell. It really is. Like, like, really, what do you do? I, again, you can't I really do anything with it. I only know him in relationship to teams. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's he he works well in a team. Yeah. And again, like he's had miniseries in the past, but they've been just that miniseries. Yeah. And again, too, it's like the only reason we put him there is like, yeah, but we're trying to we're trying to you know get multimedia going for the Justice League movie. Is that getting a is that getting a sequel? Uh -huh. 
Yeah, uh, it wasn't very good. Yeah, so. is Cyborg getting a solo movie in 2020? Uh. <laughs> and I like Ray Fisher. I thought he was actually quite good in the role. He actually gave a performance. He actually had a commanding performance. <laughs> he has a good voice and everything. I hope he gets more work, even if it's not a Cyborg. Uh, some more DC news, because we're just lousy with DC news today for some reason. That's just sort of the week it was. Uh, Sam Keith has announced out of the blue that he's going to be pinning a Batman the Max crossover. Cool. Once cool. again, uh, I know, right? Friggin', I, I, I read this news and I had to check my calendar. I'm like, what, what year is it? Is it 1993 and I wasn't paying attention? <laughs> but no, seriously, the Max beloved cult comic character of image fame uh what is it it had a very short-lived but very beloved mtv cartoon series which is basically the entirety of the series mm -hmm. that everyone remembers uh yeah crossing over with batman apparently the max who is a crazy guy from the outback but maybe he's not it's a lot of things the max is very out there it's very trippy it's very like i'm not high enough to understand this <laughs> but yeah he gets sent to arkham there's an evil doctor trying to exploit him batman is there as well it should be pretty cool yeah it is, it'll be i imagine this will be under the black label uh it doesn't doesn't seem to be just seems to be a crossover they're doing i think i think they're going to end up putting all of these like sort of single series under the black label thing. It makes more sense. It would. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's it's just kind of cool to see this because once again, you know, we had the Wonder Woman Conan, we had the Justice League Power Rangers, the Justice League Masters of the Universe. It's cool to see DC playing ball with all of these other companies and being like, "Yo, you want a cool ass crossover? We got a cool ass crossover for you." <laughs> They're, they've literally worked with everybody except for Marvel. Except for Marvel. Which, man, it's hard to believe we had those like amalgam crossovers like 20 years ago, but we don't have a new one now because the companies just refuse to play nice with each other in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Where back then it was like, ah, you know, we're all in the same business. We all know each other. Let's make all the money. Let's do something everyone can like. And actually, that's a perfect segue. Uh, again, I mentioned the Amalgam universe, like, you know, Dark Claw and Bronze Panther, and be like, hey, what if we took a Marvel character and a DC character and smashed them together to see what they become? Well, apparently, as part of Infinity War, the big upcoming yeah. event to follow uh, Infinity Countdown, we're kind of getting Amalgams anyway, but not the way you think we would. Yeah, it's just Marvel doing them themselves basically. marvel getting amalgams with marvel so you got thor and iron man fusing together to admittedly make a pretty cool looking guy yeah yeah that they, they released uh what like four or five of the like the the amalgams and they they all look really cool they all look really good like part of me would be like you know man this is a shameless attempt to do amalgams without really doing amalgams but at the same time i'm like oh Oh, you guys really worked hard on these, and they actually look dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite was probably um, Arachnite. Yes, uh, Moon Knight and Spider-Man. Yeah, they look really cool. It just kind of um, seems right, doesn't it? It does, and and like the costume as well. Like like parts that are from Spider-Man and Moon Knight go really well together. Yeah. You got Iron Hammer, which is the uh, Iron Man Thor one that I told you about, which again, what if... What if the armor looked more runic and had more lightning on it? Yeah, it's basically his, his Uru armor. Yeah, we have, what if it looked friggin' dope as hell? And then there's Captain America and, uh, what is it, Doctor Strange. They become uh, Soldier Seam. Get it? Like Sorcerer Supreme, Soldier Seam. Yeah. So yeah, there's some, there's some pretty fun looking ones there too. Uh, I think there was also like an X-23 one, wasn't there? I think so. There was like an X-23 and Spider-Girl. What if they fuse together, they'd become something cool. Yeah. Basically, they all seem pretty cool. I don't know what this means for Infinity War or Infinity Wars. If this is going to be like a weird side thing, or is this something that's literally going to happen? Is the villain going to smash two characters together? Or like, what's the deal? I reckon I reckon it, it, they're, they're, they're not the 616 universe i think they're from mm. a different universe because we've seen like we saw like uh recently uh what's her name uh phyla come over from a different that's universe. right so 
could be from that universe, could be all coming over to try and get the other because the reality stones are that's in, right, like the neighboring realities that they belong to so yeah right because the threat of infinity war isn't just the 616 universe it's all universes that are in danger because if if this fucks up the way adam warlock thinks it does it'll bring about the end of time yeah and that's everyone every everyone's got to deal with time regardless of universe mm -hmm. or at least that's the way they seem to be selling it yeah also, that Philavelle looked friggin' dope, didn't she, when she came out of the portal? Yeah. She had a sword and everything. I'm like, man, can she have a series? She seems really cool. <laughs> Her girlfriend is also Moondragon, who has a dragon tattoo. I want to see what they do. Yeah, they look really cool. Can I look into their universe for a bit? I bet their universe is cool. It probably is really cool. <laughs> That's what their universe is. Universe 6-1 cool. <laughs> It's just, it's just the universe we have now, but everyone looks sick, and dogs won't stop barking. <laughs> yes, I'm still babysitting Cooper the dog, everyone. If you hear a bell in my videos, it's him. <laughs> I just took him out, too, so I don't know what the hell his problem is. <laughs> I did this for you, you little jerk. <laughs> Go check him out on my Instagram. He chases waves down at the beach. It's hilarious. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, I segued into talking about dogs because there's no more news to talk about this week. That was kind of it. Yeah, there, there really wasn't. There was, I guess, like, there was the big news that, like, Disney bought Fox, like, finally. Oh, officially. that was going to happen. It's, it's such a foregone conclusion at this point. It was barely worth even talking about. It's like, well, we knew yeah. it was going to happen. They put all their ducks in a row like they were going to. Yeah, and, and, yeah, of course, the, we knew they were going to buy it now. Now just comes the question, when do we get... X-Men and, and everything. I know it's got, I know it takes, like, I think people were saying, like, a year or so to, like, put everything in order, mm. like, in terms of, like, the deal. So yeah, probably yeah. not within a year. But, yeah, very I, excited. Assuming they didn't already have spec scripts they were working on. Oh, I'm sure, like, like, like Kevin Feige has, like, a like big board. And it's like, if, if we get the X-Men, and it's a big idea. And then there's one on the opposite wall. So if we don't get the X-Men. <laughs> in case of X-Men, break glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like also a script script in a in a wall or safe or something. And again, too, it also makes a lot of sense. I'm sure you took a closer look at uh, the solicitations for Marvel for September, but X Men Gold and X Men Blue are all ending as part of extermination, and they're becoming something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guess is going to be adjectiveless X Men and uncanny X Men are what they're going to become. <laughs> that's what it's going to be called, adjectiveless X Men. Adjective. Well, that's that's what you call it when it has no adjective, when it's not amazing, <laughs> astounding, or whatever. It's just adjectiveless. <laughs> I I also like to say vanilla, like uh, oh, there's an Avengers book out now. No, it's vanilla Avengers. Then you have all new <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, it doesn't come with the season pass. No, no, no. I, I like to think of it as ice cream. No, no, that's vanilla Avengers. That's Avengers with sprinkles and hot fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get all these little extras on there. But yeah, those books are ending, probably to be replaced with something else. It's funny, uh, X-Men Red and Astonishing X-Men get to stay, but it seems like they're going to be moving around creative talent on those. Probably, yeah. Did you see, like, the like currently in X-Men Gold, there was, like, a big wedding happening? Yeah, what happened with that? It was supposed to be Colossus and Kitty Pride's wedding, but, like, Gambit and Rogue got married, too? It was, like, the old switcheroo. Oh, was it? Oh, did Kitty and Colossus not get married, and they just no. totally, oh, they totally blue-balled everyone for months, only to just trick them? <laughs> yeah, and, and out of that, uh... Uh, Rogue and Gambit are getting a new book called Mr. and Mrs. X. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, that's all right. I didn't read the Gambit Rogue miniseries, but apparently it was pretty good. Yeah. All right, good for them. That's fine. I mean, shit, if they had just run with that and said they were the ones getting married anyway, I don't think people would be mad with the fact that they switcherooed them so hard. <laughs> that was unnecessary. That's good. That's, that's, that's probably something that's going to happen with like Tom King's Batman. Or something yeah, like really. Oh, you thought it was going to be Catwoman aren't getting married. Of course, they're not getting married. It's it's Nightwing and Batgirl that are getting married. <laughs> no, they wouldn't do that because that would make too many fans happy, and they're not going to do that. <laughs> you hear that sound? That's a bunch of nerds fainting with joy that that finally happened. Yeah. And and that and that makes it look like Tom King knows what he's doing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And hey, you know that's a perfect segue, Matt, because we can talk into what we read this week. Yeah, let, let, let's start with Batman issue forty nine. 
I'm stalling for time, the comic. I literally, literally just read this one before we started. And again, it's like, hmm. I get the feeling Tom King had an idea. He's like, I really want two characters to talk to each other as they slowly bleed out. No, I don't care which two characters it is. It's just a really cool idea for a scene I want to do. Yeah, I don't care. We'll just we'll write the scene and we won't put names on on the dialogue until we know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't know. Ah, oh, Joker and Catwoman. Also, what if Joker and Catwoman talk to each other really warmly and friendly, like they've known each other for years? And what if we'll imply that you know Catwoman knows these guys because she's been to Arkham, even though she doesn't go to Arkham, she goes to regular jail because she's not crazy. Yeah. Oh. God. It's this weird bit of Tom King being like, well, only my continuity counts because Selena makes a joke about being like, man, what is Riddler thinking with those mutton chops? And I'm like, motherfucker, you gave him the mutton chops. Yeah, I, you know what I find? I, the dialogue on that part is really kind of weak. She's like, oh, I don't take him seriously because of the, the facial hair. Mm. Like, what? What? Are, are, are you <laughs> being? Are you being self-referential? Is that you tagging yourself? Is that the one thing that penetrated your head? Yeah. Why did I give him dumb mutton chops? <laughs> Not any of the other things. That's the problem I have. Yeah. What? What if Joker and Catwoman were super friendly with each other? And what if also we pulled uh, poured on the gay subtext there of Joker being like, "Oh, only I love Batman. You know, he needs me. I need him. And if you marry him, you know, you'll be taking him away from me." And everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, but, I, but it's so weird. I will say, I liked this issue better than 48. Because yeah. characters actually talked about stuff, and it wasn't just one character talking about nothing. <laughs> Although, the ending is weird, where it's like, is that supposed to be a happy ending? Where it's like, oh, Catwoman only laughs when she's happy. She defeated the Joker. Yeah, by implying that she might have murdered him? Yeah, and then, like, the laugh itself is, like, the crazy Joker laugh. Like a villainous bad guy laugh? Are they going to, like... like, Because at the end of this issue, we see Batman talking off-page about how he got, like, paralyzed and poisoned. I'm like, where was that last issue? That didn't happen. And are they gonna are they gonna like go into the next issues and like oh she got infected by the Joker gas and like where yeah like you never saw it yeah a bomb blew up on him and that was it yeah although I I do love the idea and clearly Tom King loves this idea too what if I made Batman a supporting character in his own book to the point where he literally phones in his bit in this issue off screen. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the na- he's the name on the on the book on the cover, and he's in in it for like the last page. <laughs> in the true story, that is Catwoman and pals. Oh yeah, definitely. And Joker is that, a pal, apparently. That is one thing that I was really surprised about. Like Catwoman just didn't come in and just didn't like kick Joker, and he like died instantly. You know, she she wasn't the 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 cat god. She no. that, that can kill all, all the all the flashes and <laughs> and everything. She got she got a couple good licks in though, admittedly, but she did seem a lot more human in this issue that a single bullet did manage to floor her. <laughs> she still ultimately wins though. Yeah, the, the joke is dead, but we know he's not dead. He can't possibly be dead, but maybe he is because there's three jokers. But maybe he wasn't one of the three jokers. Maybe there was four jokers. <laughs> and if so, isn't Batman going to be mad that she killed a man? No, because it's Selena. She can get away with it. I guess. I like she actually is honest with Joker to the point in being like, yeah, you know, I stole that dress. And I'm like, yeah, and why is no one punishing you for that? Yeah, everyone knows you did. Why aren't you getting punished? That really bothered me when it happened, and the fact that she's more honest with the Joker about that than Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that... Yeah, as I said in my review, like their their relationship through this fifty issue run is like non-existent. I got a lot of shit for that. Um, mm. I where is it? Where where is this relationship? They they call each other cat and bat. Ooh, yeah, so weird, so freaking weird. But hey, you know, from one crazy rich guy to another, we had Iron Man number one this week. We did, we, and it was really fun. It was fun. I think the smartest thing they did about this issue is that Dan Slott creates a new POV character for us to follow around. He does that, and in doing so, he makes fun of like like all the status quo changes Iron mm. Man has gone through in like the last three years. Of which there's been a lot. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. He's taking the, 
this like a team approach mm. to superheroing, but for a single hero. person, yeah, single hero. I thought the thing that's pretty cool. It's a nice touch. It's cool too to have a POV character who's more or less just a normal guy. Yeah. So he can be shocked by what Iron Man does because Rhodey ain't going to be shocked. No one else around him is going to be shocked by what he does anymore. No, no. It's nice to have someone who's surprised. And hey, points too for Dan Slott for not going and inventing new villains right away like he did for Spider-Man. He's actually going back to the well and using old Iron Man villains like Controller. Yeah, Controller and Fin Fang Foom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really cool. I expect yeah, to see Whiplash and Living Laser yeah. and Crimson Dynamo. <laughs> I imagine we're going to see all of them. I think Controller's going to control them all. Oh, that'd be fun. Controller actually has quite the history. Like, he's met Thanos and shit. Yeah, he's, he's been around. Yeah, he's been around the block once or twice. I, I think it would be fun to see Dan Slott kind of reimagine the Iron Man bunch of villains and maybe try and up their profile a little bit and maybe have them not suck. Yeah, make him a little bit more of a threat. That'd be nice. Plus, the promise, too, is down the line, hey, maybe Dan Slott will write a story with the Mandarin. Yeah, that'd be cool. The Mandarin. The Mandarin. The Mandarin. The Mandarin. That way you and I can have a show where we just talk about the Mandarin, the Mandarin, the Mandarin. But, what, but Matt, what about the Mandarin? <laughs> While he was in this story, he was pretty good. Is the Mandarin dead or alive right now? I think he died. I think so. He hasn't been around for ages and ages. Like, yeah, think, he hasn't been relevant for a while. Yeah, I think he's one of those characters that he died. Like, I want to say in the Matt Fraction run, and like they kept him dead. Like the death was so good and big, they're like, no, 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 let's actually keep him dead. Yeah, I, I, I haven't, can't remember seeing him at all in anything. Me either. But yeah, Iron Man is really cool. Yeah, a giant mech Iron yeah. Man. Lots of really cool nano Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Really cool stuff. Most definitely. Slot for whatever you could say about the last little bit of his Spider-Man run. In fact, I didn't read his last Spider-Man issue this week, but apparently it was a really sweet send-off. The man is an idea machine. Yeah, he is. And he came to this Iron Man book with like five new ideas, and that's more than like most people who have written Iron Man in the last little bit had. <laughs> Yeah, there's more than what Bender's had for him. Yeah, say say what you want about Dan Slott, but the man shows up and he's got at least five new ideas for you. <laughs> what if this? And then you're like, okay, let's go with it. <laughs> also, too, the fact that, uh, what is it, he resurrected Superior Spider-Man at the end of his Spider-Man run, you know it's only a matter of time until Iron Man has to fight the Superior Octopus. Oh, that'd be really cool. That's gonna be cool. Also, with Dan Slott also writing the Fantastic Four, you know it's only a matter of time until those books cross over. Oh, yeah, we get Reed or someone in the book trying to, hey, let's set up the Illuminati again. Yeah, hey, you know what was fun, the Illuminati? (laughs) (laughs) And Reed being like, you know I was God, right? You know I created an entire universe. Yeah, but you don't have to be a dick about it or anything. (laughs) Also, I know you think your beard is better than my mustache, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Here, I brought you some beard oil. (laughs) <laughs> mixed messages tony that's what they call him <laughs> but yeah what uh, what else did we have this week matt uh we had man of steel issue four yeah what did you think of this i had mixed feelings on this one i, th- I thought it was pretty good I, I i enjoyed it there's i liked it i'm going to imagine the bit that threw me for a loop threw you for a loop too what was it? what was that? Uh, Mr. Oz introducing himself to the family like they haven't met before when they have. Yeah, that that was very strange. Hello, Kent family. I am Jor-El, Superman's father. Yeah, they fucking know. You had a whole adventure together. And it, it's even more weird because the last time we saw him, he was being pulled away by Dr. Yes. Manhattan. So yes, he like... got disappeared from reality, and Superman doesn't freak the fuck out when he sees his dad again, even though he was so hurt by his father coming back, going away, possibly being a villain, that he broke time and space to see the destruction of Krypton. It makes me think, like, a couple of things. Either A, Bender's got the cliff notes of mm-hmm. Oz Effect mm-hmm. and didn't actually read that story, nope. uh, or B, there's going to be something in his either his action run or Superman run that connects up to this. I mean, like, like set set before it, where we where Oz comes back or something. There really, really has to be. 
because it's just kind of like, whoa, this is gaping. Please, please explain. Please elaborate. Please show your work. Don't just leave me on this. Yeah. Alternatively, it could be something Doomsday Clock related. Maybe uh, the art. Like maybe, maybe, like maybe this issue was meant to come out after a Doomsday Clock issue That's where true. he was in it. That's true. Maybe they meet up again. Yeah. Because, like, it seemed like for a bit there that Oz was being the herald of Dr. Manhattan on Earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be, I would hope that if they would do it, that's how they would do it. Yeah, but other than that, I actually really like this issue. Like, I like the fight between uh, Superman, Supergirl, and Rogel, and how Batman, how he was using, like, the Batman method of, like, right. trying to find uh, who this guy was, where he is, and everything. I thought that was really cool. Uh, how do you feel about them inventing more powers for Rogelzar? Oh, no, it's not just that he's fat or strong. He's also really fast, and he also has weapons that may be powered by solar radiation in the same way that Superman is powered by solar radiation. I think that makes him a bit more of a threat rather than just some, like, warrior who just wants to kill Kryptonians. It ha- I guess. Because remember, this would probably be the first Kryptonian he's fought who has powers. That's true. If he killed them all on the planet or off planet, yeah, yeah like anyone could anyone could do that. Yeah, that's. I guess I didn't just think normal people. I I just hope Bendis doesn't keep inventing new powers for Rogelzar. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and he's psychic, and he can walk through walls. I didn't tell you that, but he can do that. <laughs> yeah, I I hope he does. I don't think he will because I think he's going to be kind of a fixture in his Superman run. Yeah, he's, sure he's sticking around. He's sticking around after Man of Steel. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's going away. Now, explain this one to me, Matt, because I, I couldn't figure out how this was. Superman goes back to the Fortress of Solitude, assumedly to call his son wherever his son is. Maybe Oz took him to hide him. I don't know. That's still the big mystery. We still got two issues left. Czar uh, is waiting there for him because he yeah. knew that's where he was going to go. And we have this moment where he pulls out his weapon and Superman gets, like, ready to turn Super Saiyan. Did this Superman use the solar flare attack, or was that Zar who did that with his weapon? That's what I assume, because, like, the page, you see crush the crystal, and his eyes go all red, and mm. he starts glowing red. So I imagine he used the solar flare ability, and it just so happened, like, Z- like Rogel was going to attack, and that's why he used it or something. Because if so, that's a big deal, because we haven't seen this Superman use that power yet. No, but we know it still exists because, like, uh, John, John has it. Yeah, because if John can do it, then it would reason to reason to guess. The art was also radically different in this issue, and that threw me for a loop. Yeah, well, the art, it changes every issue. Pardon? Oh, yeah, I guess, well, I guess this was more of a jarring change to me. Who, who did this, the art in this issue? I got my issue here. Maguire, Kevin Maguire did it. Yeah. Which, again, it's not bad. It was just kind of, like, really jarring to all the ones we've seen before. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, different compared to, like, yeah, the Ivan Reyes stuff and everything. Like, I like I really noticed it, where I'm like, oh, this doesn't look like the other stuff looked. <laughs> Which, again, is not to say it's bad. It's just to say it's different. Uh, another thing we had this week, we had The Avengers, issue number three. Yeah, more about the Loki celestial relationship yeah. whatever's going on with them and yeah we find out that he's, he's not really a bad guy no and that he's not even really leading the celestials he's facilitating the celestials yeah. attack on earth that they were gonna do anyway and you know he, he kind of has an interesting conversation with captain america which you don't get loki talking to cap all that much where Cap is like, look, man, I know you've been a good guy occasionally, so can you be a good guy now and not a dick? And Loki's like, hey, man, you know, if you hear the Celestials tell it, the Earth is the dick bags. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because Loki can talk to them, but he can't. <laughs> That's clever, actually, that Loki's getting like a whole other story that they don't get to hear. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and yeah, it's very interesting that we, we're getting the Celestials kind of not as villains they're mm. like misunderstood because yeah you can't understand them you can't mm. and, and 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 it's tying up nicely with that that uh, avengers one million team as well yes yes it is to, yes. to basically hang it all on odin and being like no yeah. odin and his team were the assholes and thor's like oh, i knew it it's always my dad <laughs> why is it always him 
<laughs> Which is really funny because if you read the free comic book day issue, uh, Odin talked to Black Panther. He's like, "Look, my son's gonna bring about the end of the world. Don't don't listen to Loki's lies. If he tells you anything about the Celestials, you have to kill him." <laughs> so Odin, that's Odin covering his ass. Odin super covering his ass. Like, don't don't listen to my son tell you what a piece of shit I am and how bad I was. You you just gotta kill him first. <laughs> wow, bad dad of the year. <laughs> Look, I did a goof. Me and my drinking buddies from the 10 million BC done did a goof, and now Earth is going to be destroyed because of it. Yeah, look, I was a billion years younger. Come on. Yeah, really. Oh, oh, wh why do you gotta bring up old shit? Why do you gotta bring up billions years <laughs> worth of shit? <laughs> look, I was young and impetuous, and I had two eyes. No, you didn't. I had two eyes. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that was a fun one. Jason Aaron continued to doing great work with Avengers. And this ties in and dovetails nicely with the Loki we're seeing in the Thor book, where he's like, yeah, I'm shades of gray, I'm bad, but I'm not evil, but I'm not good either. Yeah, yeah, I'm Tom Hiddleston's Loki. I'm very Tom Hiddleston. Aren't I charming? Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're so charming. Uh, now, what else did we have after that? Uh, i got to pull up my list and have a look. Um, we did Avengers. You want to talk Justice League? Yeah, yeah, Justice League is you too. Yeah, the coming of the Ultraviolet Lanterns. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. It was it was packed. It was quite full. Oh, yeah. But These first two issues mind. have been ridiculously packed. I didn't mind this issue being as packed as it was because it all is going to be delivered in some way in yeah. a comic coming up. And uh, especially, like, the stuff with the Steel Force and the Turtle. Mm. I think that's, like, stuff going into, like, the Flash book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely going somewhere. What I like about this, and I even mentioned this on Twitter, is that Justice League under Scott Snyder is huge, it's layered, it's packed, it's probably bigger than it's ever been, even just in terms of just, like, the members of the team, because, like, everyone is on the Justice League now. Mm -hmm. But what I like about it is he's giving the focus and the spotlight to characters who don't get it, like Martian Manhunter and Jon Stewart and Hot Girl. Yeah, yeah, like the, the, the I guess, second-tier, quote-unquote, yeah. uh, characters. Yeah, they're getting all the spotlight while Superman and all that are just kind of there. Mm -hmm. It's a very clever way to do it. And again, Jon Stewart is a huge part of this one. Uh, he's transporting a criminal for the Guardians. Batman says, hey, we want you to come back to Earth. We want you to be our personal Green Lantern again. Hal's too busy with core business and trying to, you know... Uh, contain everything that's fucking up at the source wall also you're more than just a soldier you're a good architect and i'm like oh that's nice they remember that that green lantern has a job i i, I did find it funny that he mentioned like oh how's like in doing in charge when in like the how jordan and the green lantern core book it's john who's like the core leader yeah so it's kind of like reversed the roles and a little bit. Snyder's like, look, I didn't have all the time to catch up on like 20 years worth of Green Lantern material. <laughs> look, we just, I'm giving you Jon Stewart because he was in the fucking cartoon, okay? That's what you all wanted. <laughs> and it's like, yes, Scott, that is what we wanted. I'm not going to judge you on this one. <laughs> also, A, uh, because there's the Ghost Quadrant in space, all those like galaxies that they had freed... Uh, at the end of No Justice, Sinestro very slyly puts together, oh, well, they're going to need lanterns then. I can become the lantern of the Ghost Quadrant. I can become the ultraviolet lantern. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the most powerfulest lantern. Because it's the newest green lantern. And also, <laughs> hey, it's kind of purplish in tone, kind of like a purple-blue, which means I'm basically back to wearing my Legion of Doom costume. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was, like, the only reason. Like, how do we get oh, him yeah. in this original costume? I know how we do it. <laughs> Ultraviolet. I'm sure that's what it is. I'm sure that's not being like, well, when I was growing up, Sinestro dressed like this, and he's been a green lantern, and he's been a yellow lantern. Time to be something new. <laughs> <laughs> why the hell not and uh, apparently you know he can also take you over and make you evil yeah make you evil and uh like really really angry that's fine again i don't know what emotion ultraviolet is in the spectrum because like every color has a corresponding emotion <laughs> yeah I imagine next issue we'll get some explanation I'm about sure it. But we yeah, will. As maybe it like taps into all of them or something. Although that's technically a white lantern. That's what white lantern is. As someone uh, very eloquently put it, they're like, "Hey, if ultraviolet is the thing in the color spectrum, 
that means infrared needs to be a thing too. Oh god. <laughs> and I'm like, oh jeez, look what you've done, Snyder. You've blown it up. Now everything is in there. I'm a teal lantern. <laughs> I'm a brown lantern. I'm an aquamarine lantern. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was a good issue. I like the stuff with Lex as well, how he's like also sort of fun. sliding back into being a villain. Where he's like blowing up his his, his father's legionnaire's VA uh, bar and everything. Just and because. <laughs> yeah, just because. And then, he, then, then he's like somehow shrunk himself down and implanted himself in Superman. I love that. That's so classic mad scientist. Last, and he doesn't even tell the rest of the Legion of Doom yeah, he's doing that. They have to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> it's great, dude. He's like Dr. Strangelove riding on the back of Superman. Yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, my most favorite place, the left thigh of Superman, or something yeah. he says. <laughs> ah, you can't stop me. Oh, Mad Scientist Lex is fun. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Definitely fun. So, yeah, that was uh, Justice League, everyone. Pretty solid. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Uh, now, did you find something else to talk about? Uh, yeah, I had Doctor Strange issue, too. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Stephen Strange hanging out in space looking for alien magics. Yeah, uh, he gets stuck on a planet that uh, sees magic as a detriment. Mm. <laughs> so he's uh, subject to torture and whatnot uh, by these scientists until he finds a alien woman named Kano who gets thrown in the cell as well, and she just happens to be like uh, like, like Space Indiana Jones. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Yeah, and she's like looking for ancient arcane objects, and there was one on this planet which is – uh, what's it called? The Eye, the Eye of Best Forest, or something, which is mm. something Stephen knows about, and it's like a legend even to Sorcerer Supreme. Mm. And it, it 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 gives the user one spell that creates like it's like a godlike spell. It's like a one time use thing. Uh, power word die. Yeah, pre- pretty much. Um, and then he he and this uh, woman end up escaping, and he finds out that this woman is is a technomancer. Ooh, I like it. He uses, uh, yeah, technology to do magic and everything, and uh, I think I think they they seek to imply that she's going to teach him some of that sort of right. stuff, so, hey, he can, so he can still do magic and everything. That is a type of magic he has not learned. First, he must learn under the technomancers of space. Then Stephen can <laughs> learn from the cyberpunks. <laughs> yes, yeah, so start start upgrading himself <laughs> of, of the CD Project Red planet before he can return to Earth. <laughs> That he can go to Discworld and learn whatever the fuck they do over there. <laughs> and then I go to the West World and learn of the androids. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a cool book. He gets the device and he ends up using it and uh, he figures out that like he needs adrenaline to use it, so he like jumps out into space and uses it and he, he freezes the entire planet that they're escaping from so no mm. one can follow them. Uh, and then they they go off to look for a space buffet. <laughs> Wicked! I like yeah, space buffets. It's pretty cool. And I think the next issue, he's fighting the Super Scroll for the time gem. Oh shit! That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So uh, I I know people are like kind of worried that that means he's gonna be in like the movie and have like instead of the Eye of Agamotto, he's mm. gonna have the time gem instead. Right. Of I don't think that they're gonna do that. It'd be kind of cute if they did, though. But still, man, yeah. Doctor Strange versus the Super Scroll. Why isn't that part of Infinity Countdown? That feels like that should be a thing. That, that's the thing they don't they don't tell us as like a tie-in, but it technically will be. Yeah, it'll be important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Infinity Countdown, I have one of the two Infinity Countdown books to talk about. But first, I want to talk about what might actually have been the worst book I read this week. Ooh, what's that? It was a Batman book, but it was not, uh, what is it, Tom King's Batman. It was actually uh, the prelude to the wedding, Red Hood versus Anarchy. I haven't read this, but in the same time, I'm like, yeah, I could see why that's bad. Let me tell you all the reasons this is bullshit. What's horrible about it is that it actually starts super strong with Tim Seeley answering the question that I've been asking forever, and that is who, who did Catwoman go to her bachelorette party with? She doesn't have friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least no friends that anyone remembers who aren't the Gotham City Sirens. It's not them. Because Tom King has made no reference to her knowing them, so obviously she's not going to be hanging out with them. 
Uh, he actually pulls together a bunch of characters from the past uh, Catwoman runs. So we get her gadget maker from the Anne Nascenti run in the early New 52. We get a character Seely created for Nightwing. We get the Yakuza's daughter, who was Selena's girlfriend and also Catwoman for a little bit when she was a crime boss. <laughs> and then we get one more character I'm just like bravo fucking bravo Tim Seeley for these deep deep ass cuts and you could tell he was proud because he put the name of each character under them to be like yeah nerds did my homework yeah and I will see we'll never see them again never no. see it because you know they won't ever appear in Tom King's like in the no. wedding party or anything no 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 and because jolene jones is going to be writing the new catwoman book and i'm guessing she didn't read those stories so she doesn't know <laughs> but yeah so the, the, they're partying up at their bachelorette party which again you're probably wondering but wait didn't that already happen i thought we were moving forward no yeah. we're doubling back to the bachelorette yeah. party night uh we discovered that they're actually being watched over and protected by <laughs> red hood who Batman literally hired and said, go spy on my wife's bachelorette party and make sure nothing bad happens to her. <laughs> to which Red Hood very rightly is like, well, that's creepy and controlling and right before your wedding too. Also, I'm only going to do it for $150,000 because fuck you, Bat Dad. <laughs> yeah, get some money out of Bruce. It's not being really used for anything else. So. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'd say you're being a dickhead, Jason, but Batman only goes to you when he wants something anyway. So yeah, yeah. sure, get get paid, get paid, son. <laughs> get get your money in there. Uh, the threat is, of course, uh, anarchy, and you're probably asking yourself why. Why does anarchy have a problem with Batman and Catwoman getting yeah, he married? Was, he was like a good guy as well by yeah. the end of Detective Comics run. Yeah, Did you, didn't Seely write that. Part, no, that was uh, Tynan that wrote that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they know each other, so they should they should have been able to yeah. just compare notes on this. Here's here's the thing. So, like, Rachel Ghoul makes sense, why he would have a problem with it. Yeah. Hush makes sense. Joker makes sense. Mm -hmm. Anarchy makes no fucking sense. And the more they try and make it make sense, the more goddamn ridiculous it becomes. So his thing is like, oh, Batman destroyed my underground utopia which was so nice, and if I can't have nice things, he won't have nice things, I'm gonna kill his wife Catwoman, but then it's like, but dude, Lonnie, you weren't even mad about that, you worked and together it wasn't Batman's fault in the first place, anyway, yeah. it was like the syndicate and... Yeah, yeah, and you worked together <laughs> to fight the victim syndicate, what the fuck are you talking about, you're talking bullshit right now <laughs> his plan is also goddamn ridiculous, it's Okay, it's a super cool plan, but it makes no fucking sense within the context of this story. His plan to kill Catwoman isn't, oh, I'm going to take a shot at her like a normal person. He's going to be like, nah, I used my internet celebrity to go to all the chat rooms, and I got a bunch of angry incels and a bunch of pro-fascists and a bunch of people who really hate each other and are really hateful. I told them I was on their side, gave them anarchy mass, sent them to the club that Catwoman is partying at, and then I'm going to reveal to the other guys that, you know, the other group they hate is here, and then they're all going to riot and kill each other, and then Catwoman will get killed in the crossfire. That is so... That's like the long ways about it. That like, is... The, holy shit. That is the most complex, needlessly layered, needlessly meticulous plan <laughs> I've ever heard. Works for Anarchy. If this was an Anarchy Batman story, that would actually be really cool. But it's like a C plot in this one-shot story. Red Hood defeats him easily. And you think that's the end where it's like, well, that was disappointing. But oh, wait, they actually make it even stupider. Oh, God. So you're probably asking yourself, well, how the hell did Anarchy even know Batman and Catwoman are getting married? Yeah, how uh, Joker told him, just like Joker told Riddler, but you're wondering, well, how are Anarchy and the Joker even related to each other? Tim Seeley, again, does another continuity deep cut, but not a good one this time. Oh, so, God. So, like, old Anarchy, like, back when he first started... He was like a kid who was like abused by his mother and was under the impression that the Joker was his mother or was his father. So he would like send him letters in Arkham. Mm -hmm. So they bring that back now and say, oh, yeah, that happened. That was continuity. But the Joker just wrote him back now out of the blue and mobilized him to go attack Batman, even though they were friends. <laughs> 
Wow, this one was stupid. Jesus, I'm gonna have fun reading that tonight. Oh man, it's it's it, it is just like wow. Like Tim Seal, you're better than this. But at the same time, too, it's like it's fucking Red Hood and Anarchy. So what do you want me to do? Literally, neither of these mm-hmm. two have any reason to take part in this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the needlessness of this crossover just like crippled the story. And like, here's the thing. Here's how you would have made it better. Don't make it about Red Hood at all. Have it be about Catwoman having to defend her friends on her bachelorette party night against anarchy. Yeah, exactly. That that, that would have made like a really cool, like like amusing sort of yeah. hangover esque sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like uh, make it like Die Hard, but like in a strip club or something, in like a Chippendales, because yeah. that's where yeah. they are too. The Warriors, but with like Yes Night. There you go. exactly. And we got to make it back to Bat Coney. But we got, like, all these different anarchy gangs after us and everything. <laughs> See, Matt, we could have made this one work. Yeah, we, without Red Hood. Without Red Hood. Again, that's the funniest thing, too. Red Hood is in this story, but even he admits he has no reason to be here. He doesn't. He really doesn't. And he, Oh, here's the best part. You know how he saves the day? He doesn't beat up the gangs of radicals. He takes the 150000 that Batman gave him, tells all the radicals, like, look, if you leave, I'll give $100 to your pet cause, and they all leave. $100. Jesus. $100. But appa- the bank there, Jason. Yeah, but apparently there was enough people there that he is now out of money, and he's like, well, that was my, uh, what is it, wedding gift to Batman. What a shitty wedding gift. I know, and then it's also like, wait, Batman is expecting you to bring gifts to his wedding? He's rich. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Just wow. Just like, and again, the other ones were so good, but you can see like Seeley getting a little tired here on this one, where it's like, it's the middle child of it. Just get it fucking done. Yeah, well, do do you think like, he's writing them all, isn't he? Yes. Do you think maybe he wasn't like, given them like like he didn't have any say in like which pairings there were so oh no of course so, like so like tom king or whoever was in charge said here are your pairings and mm. one was just red hood and anarchy he's like what the fuck am i meant to do with that i i am uh, almost certain yeah i'm almost certain editorial that that was an editorial decision where it's like look we want a series of tie-ins to feed into this big wedding to come out right before uh he, he, here are the pairings we put together we have market researched these and these will do very well because again, it's like you know, Damien versus Rage. Okay, that makes sense. They have a pre they pre existing relationship. Nightwing versus Hush. Eh, you know, that's kind of pushing it, but it makes sense. You know, they're close enough. Dick is his best friend. Hush was his best friend growing up and everything. Uh, Batgirl and Riddler. Okay, again, you're stretching a little bit. You know, they're both smart, but they fought each other before. That should be a fun pairing. Yeah, Red Hood and Anarchy. What do these two have in common? Nothing. Yeah, it would have been better if it was something like like spoiler and uh, spoiler and and Tim Drake versus Anarchy because they had so much history in the detective book. Heck, Tim versus Anarchy. Anarchy was a Tim villain for the most yeah, part. He, yeah, yeah. Like, where is Tim during all this? I know he like took off at the end of Detective, but I imagine he, he would come back for this. You would same, think. Same with like our. Uh, What's his name? Duke. Like, yeah. he, he disappears so fucking quickly. Heck, if you put Duke in this story, that would have been funny too. Duke is like, man, I haven't even known this guy this long. He's getting married and now this is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been fun if Batman's like, look, you want to join the Bat family? Go spy on my wife for me. <laughs> then, then and only then will Bat Dad love you, Duke. <laughs> Instead of occasionally recognizing your existence. <laughs> You, tell you what, you can go and you can take Harper Row with you too, oh, <laughs> and, and all these other attempts at making new Batman sidekicks. You, you, and all the sea level children, all the children who live in the sub basement, can go. <laughs> you can all go together in the bus. <laughs> no, no, you don't get a bat car. You have to take the bus. Yeah, an Uber transport. <laughs> That's what I want, a superhero who has to ride around in an Uber. <laughs> There's a bank robbery here. Get me there fast and I'll get you five stars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Red Hood and Anarchy. No no me gusta. Nah. What, uh, what else did you have? I have one more. Uh, I don't think I really have anything else. Yeah, I was slow reading That's pretty much one. it. All right, here's the last one I read. It was an Infinity Countdown book. 
and that's the last one I'll talk about. It was uh, the Champions tie-in, which is actually the first of a four-part. Yeah, I, I, I like flick through this one. This this one's kind of cool because it's even though it's a Champions book, because it's a Marvel cosmic event, it's all about Sam Alexander Nova. Yeah. As it really should be. And in fact, it's so much feeling like the old Nova solo series. I really thought Jerry Duggan had written this one too. Uh, he didn't actually. It was Jim Zub who wrote this, who's writing the main uh, champion series. But man, man, was this a good time for Sam. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. He gets he gets the distress call from the Nova Corps that's been going on in the main Infinity Countdown book, basically being like, oh, oh, the Raptors are kicking our ass, Warbringer's kicking our ass, we're all dying, we're such red shirts, will someone, will someone with a name please come and help us? And Sam's like, I'll have an, I have a name, I'll come help you. <laughs> Only for his mom to be like, oh, it's really late, and that's a really deep, dark part of space. And you know, if Warbringer's kicking uh, the guard or the whole Nova Corps' ass, you should probably get some help. What about your friends on the Champions? Will they come and help you? <laughs> so, so, so he like pity calls them, so like his mom will get off his ass. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Champions. Oh geez, I was really hoping I'd get your answering machines. Oh god, you're you're actually here now. Um, yeah, I got a mission in space. You know, Warbringer. He was like one of my first villains. He fought the Avengers one time. And Kamala Khan's like, oh yeah, sure, totally. I'll come to space. I'll stop playing WoW and come join you in space and really is like oh i've never been to space and viv's like yeah i don't think uh you know i always enjoy going to space and even their new member Snowguard, the canadian one who just joined in the main book she's like i've been yeah. on the team for five minutes i'll come to space <laughs> so at the end like no just has to ferry all of these extra people into space and he's like well i thought this was kind of going to be my cool moment to have a rematch with warbringer and i kind of got to bring my whole team along and everything <laughs> <laughs> and like he kind of pouts about it that he had to bring back up. And then eventually they end up on the like a uh, Chitari homeworld because like even though Warbringer's a dick, he only wanted the power stone so he could free his people from Thanos, who has basically just moved right on in and taken over the whole planet. Yeah, yeah. So like the final page is the champion stuck in the middle as Thanos and Warbringer are about to fight each other. Oh no. And it's funny, too, how the kids are like, well, why is no one paying attention to us? Why in this big cosmic thing do we seem so small? <laughs> and, like, they're literally following behind the Guardians. Like, they find that battlefield, like, after everyone's already left. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, wow, they're literally picking up the table scraps of everyone else's fight. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun, and we got at least three more issues to, you know, kind of fill it out. So I'm interested to see where that goes. That's cool. I, I read the 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 Dark Hawk one uh, uh, last week, and I just put it up now. That that was pretty cool. We had Dark Hawk gets killed. Oh no! Uh, and his his uh, amulet thing gets given to uh, Robbie Ryder, mm. uh, who, who becomes the Star Hawk, uh, the Dark Star Hawk, who's the the predator of the Phoenix Force. Oh, that's kind of cool. They're really they're really up in his importance, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I I don't think they. They they realize that the the Phoenix Force is technically dead, right? The, but but as well, like when I was reading, because they're heading off to Earth to go fight Phoenix and everything, and I'm like, oh, do they know it's it's dead? Um, and that kind of like feeds into what we were saying last week about like Wolverine, maybe because he's coming back with the heady claws, he might have the the, the Phoenix Force, and he's involved in this story as I, well. I um, hope you're right because that's like too cool to not be true at this it point. Is. It is, it is. Because, <laughs> like, we're at the point now where any answer they give will be less cool than this theory you've had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was also the Black Widow Infinity War that came out this week, too. That was also a one-shot. I haven't read that yet, but I heard it. It is pretty good. It is interesting. It's funny. Uh, I didn't read the Matthew Rosenberg uh, Hawkeye Winter Soldier story where they, like, resurrect Black Widow. But that's actually come back in Punisher now in a big way. Yeah, I... I... I think I, I I read the up to the the final issue of that that tells a suspense mm. and I I kind of fell off it but it but it was really good. Let me let me tell you a super sick thing they do. So like all the regular heroes failed to get uh, Punisher to give up his war machine armor. Mm. Nick Fury talks a bunch of shit about him and how he joined Hydra and everything. And Frank's like, "Fine, what do you want me to do? You want me to kill everyone on Hydra? Will that make you feel better?" And Nick's like, "Yeah, kind of. You want to do that?" 
And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll go do that then. I'll, I'll kill all of Hydra right now. So he robs the CIA of information for where Zemo is, kills his way inside, fights a bunch of D-list Hydra guys, gets stopped by basically the Avengers Black Ops team of Winter Soldier, Clint Barton Hawkeye, uh, what is it, Mockingbird, and uh, Black Widow, and they're like, look, man, we, we get where you're coming from. We don't agree with you, but we kill lots of people, too, for justice. So, like, look, if you give up the suit, we'll let you sneak out the back door. We know Fury's a dick, too. How does that sound? And basically, Frank is like, no, I have to put this right. I'm going to kill Zemo, and then I'm going to go kill evil Captain America in prison. <laughs> to which they're like, no, you can't do that. But then, like, Winter Soldier hears that, and Black Widow hears that, and they knock out the other members of the team, and they're like, all right, Frank, let's do this. <laughs> let's, let's end the secret empire. I'm like, that's so sick. Like, Winter Soldier and Black Widow, who suffered the most in secret empire, are the ones who are like, no, let's do this shit. <laughs> I like the part where they thought they could reason with Frank Castle. Yeah, and like Clint is trying so hard to reason with him too, and he gets knocked out by Winter Soldier. Where it's like, look, Frank, you're a psychopath, but you're our kind of psychopath. Let's go do a cool thing. But yeah, so that's uh, that's that, everyone. And I guess that's pretty much the end of the show, isn't it? I, I think so, yeah. All right, then, everyone. So thank you so much for watching. I hope you had as much fun... Uh, what is it, checking us out today and listening as we did making this one. Sorry, it's a little shorter than usual, but that's just kind of the week it was. Yeah. Uh, anything else coming out for you, Matt? Anything on your channel anything you want to talk about? Uh, not really. I'm just going to be catching up with some comic reviews that yeah. I've, I've missed over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to, uh, what is it, make plans for Luke Cage next week. Uh, talk about that. Hopefully I'll have more of it watched by then and we can do that. Um, I guess when I get home, which won't be that week, but the following week, we want to try and do another live show. We want to try and build up for that. People seem to like it when we did it. Yeah, yeah. 